Okay, God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson. And this is Elder Daniel Simpson. And we thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Reset Forever Ministries podcast, where we are going to bring to you the Sunday School lesson coming out of the Union Gospel Press Sunday School book. We're on lesson number three for the summer quarter, and this is for the 20th of June, which is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all that it applies to. And um, we're going to ask you to grab your devices. We're going to jump into the lesson. And this week we are talking about a father and son team. It's, uh, the well, the title of the lesson is Jonathan Attacks the Philistine Outpost. So uh, grab your devices and let's go ahead and get into the lesson. With that, I'm going to give it over to our teacher for today, Elder Daniel Simpson. God bless you. Praise the Lord, Dr. Simpson. We had a good lesson. Mm-hmm. I'd like to start off with a word of prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you to bless us and keep us, Lord, and draw our minds in this yes. to your rich word, Lord. Bless those also who are the listening audience. Mm-hmm. Lord, let your Holy Spirit come and minister to us from your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So, Dr. Simpson, let's start off uh, to lay our foundation for the lesson in uh, the 13th chapter of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 13 verses. Read down verse 1 through verse 7. Okay. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose him. 3,000 men of Israel were of 2,000 were with Saul in Mishmash in Mount Bethel and 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin and the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. And Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of it And Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And all Israel heard say that Saul had smitten a garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel also had an abomination with the Philistines. And the people were called together after Saul to Gilgal, And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the the sand, which is by the seashore in multitude. And they came up, pitched in Michmash, eastward from Bethanban. When the men of Israel, that they were in a saw that they were in a strait. The people were distressed. Then the people did hide themselves in caves and thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul was yet in Gilgal and all the people followed him trembling. Oh, this is bad. Yes. This is real bad. So this is where we at, where Jonathan had 
Smolten Garrison. Smolten Garrison, which is their uh, which is a fort, sm- kind of. Yes, Garrison is a small fort. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, that was like a decor- like decoration of war. Yeah, okay, so it's like we just threw the first blow. Yes. Okay, and then Saul he blows the trumpet Saul. saying, hey, we got a fight going. Come on out of here yes. and help us. And so when they come out to help and they saw those against the Philistines, and people they, got terrified. Well, the army that they had brought. Yeah. Oh, because the army that the Philistines, Philistines had brought. They brought an army that brought 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. Yeah. So, I, you know what? You would think that what is... What was going on in Jonathan's head that Jonathan would do something like this so absurd against such a big crowd? But Jonathan was, him and his father were two different kind of people. And Jonathan. At this point, King Saul has only been reigning for two years. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is the beginning of his reign. Right. And of course, Jonathan was his son. Right. And he had a thousand men that followed him. Okay. A thousand men was assigned to Jonathan. Right, and, he, and his he, father had 2,000. His father had 2,000. Now, did they see that they had 10,000 Philistines against them? 30,000, I'm sorry? Well, that's what, that's the army that the Philistines brought at Mishmash. Right, right. The garrison that he smote was at... Oh, it was a small fort. Small, so, okay. Yeah. Small outpost. <laughs> so, outpost, outpost right. So after you get that, then all of a sudden... Yes, the, all the army is coming. Oh, boy, and we're outnumbered. So Saul blows the trumpet Saying, throughout hey, all of Israel. We're in trouble. That a war is going on. A war is going on. That's what the trumpet blast is for. Let them know there's with, a war. Come out and fight meet, with us. Meet at Gilgad. Okay. Okay. And we know that Solomon, Samuel, excuse me, is on his way also. Right, 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 right. Because he wanted to make sure that he knew that the Lord was going to fight with him. And Samuel was the prophet. And the priest. And the priest. So they could, they didn't want to move forward without, well, they shouldn't have moved forward without his blessing and word from the Lord through Samuel. But in the meantime... Well, Samuel was supposed to come and offer up a sacrifice with the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And the Ark of the Covenant was there. But Samuel was... Slow at getting there. Yeah, what was that about? No man, it just okay. <laughs> couldn't run like everybody else. He, he wasn't able to just, you know, just. He wasn't. He just probably had an old donkey that he was riding on. You should stop. Okay, so everybody else had horses. He was old. Oh, okay. So they were waiting for him to get there, but Saul blows the trumpet. And for everybody to meet at Gilgal. Hey, come on out! Come on out here, at Gilgal, because. There is a skirmish, or actually, we're about to. We're about to go to war. Full blast, full blown war. And the Philistines had all of their army there. And and they all they attacked was a little fort. So, little but when that's so, I think they got surprised when this entire army just rose up all of a sudden, and they were tremendously outnumbered. Well, when they looked up mish, mishmash. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a place where King Saul was kind of like hiding at, even before Jonathan went and attacked his garrison. Okay. 
to Saul was already had a little fear going on in him anyway. Yeah, he did. So it's like he talked a, lot, a good game, but then really you see right here where he's not so much. Uh, yes, because Mishmash as courageous. Mishmash, the name of the the name of Mishmash. What is the it definition? Mean? Mishmash mean it means a hiding place in the city of Benjamin, okay, about seven miles northeast of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and four and a half miles northwest of Gibeon. That's where Jonathan was at. Okay. And with, with Jonathan, that it was 1,980 feet above sea level. Okay. So Jonathan was already at a high altitude. Okay, yeah. But as we go through the lesson, we're going to see he's going to climb even high, higher to get to another garrison that him and his army bears going to attack. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing with me I'm, that, I'm, that I'm seeing right now is that you, you, smite, you smite this little fort so to speak, this garrison, little fort, and then all of these Philistines are there. I, I, I don't know if they understood and realized there are so many that they're going to have to go up against. But nonetheless, according to what we just read, when they came out, the people came out, and they saw this, and they saw how they were woefully outnumbered. They started running. I mean, some of them hid in pits. Some of them hid in, in behind rocks and behind caves bushes and, and caves. And high places. Some left and went over across to get, you know, Gad, and they just took off. It's, and the ones that were with them, they were trembling in their boots. Yes, you got to remember when 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 Saul get to Gilgad, he only had like six hundred men left. So and, and and so he has six hundred men left, but how many Philistines are? I got 30,000 chariots okay. and 6,000 horses. Okay. All right. So let's read further. So let's look at the Philistines a little bit more. So I okay. want you to go to. Mm. Go to Judges chapter 3. Oh. Okay. And Judges 3, what verse are we reading? We're going to read verse 1 through 3. Okay. Now. These are the nations which the Lord left to improve Israel by them, even as many of, of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at least such as before knew nothing thereof, namely five lords of the Philistines. Yes, and I, I really felt like stopping there anyway. Yes. Five lords of the Philistines. So they were the only ones that knew war? No. Okay. This is Judges. And Joshua and his generation going off the scene. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And they're the ones who led the conquest of the land of Canaan. Right, right, right. So now there's another generation of Israelites that's going to occupy the land of Israel. Okay. So now they have to learn war. And they have to learn war in cohesive relationship with God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have to understand that when I go off to war, God is going to go out. He's supposed to lead us out to war. And that is the key point. You know, yes. you have to be in the hands and in the direction and under the covering of God at all times. And, and, and as believers, that's filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So the judge says this, 
Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove, prove means to test Israel. Mm -hmm. Even as many as of Israel that have not known war of Canaan. So a lot of these ones that we read in this lesson, they have never experienced the Joshua conquest of the land of Canaan. Okay. Only the generation of the children of Israel might know to teach them more how to have warfare with these enemies. So they have to learn. Yes. You know, like scripture says, he teaches my hands to fight and my fingers to war. So they had to learn uh, warfare because they were just the people. You know, yes. they weren't like an army, but he had to teach them. Okay. So he namely, in verse 3, he namely... And in this lesson we teach is the five lords of the Philistines. Yeah, so that's the five lords of the Philistines, but you know, they were mighty. Of course. Yeah, this is this is huge. This is just a test to prove. So they're huge. gonna be obedient. So whenever the children of Israel will fall into idolatry, mm -hmm. God would choose one of these nations, the Philistines, the Canaanites, the Sidonians, the, the Hivites. The the oh it says um Mount that dwelled Lebanon. in Mount Lebanon yes. and the Baal Hermon and uh the interling of Hamath. Now I do want to say this about the five the lords of the five still Philist the lords of the Philistines, those five, um, from my memory, they are they are joint leaders, right? Yes. So it wasn't like you just had one king or one general. It was a joint. It was a joint leadership, and each of these um, lords of the Philistines, each one had their own troops. Yeah, they brought their own army. They all had their own army. So that was five armies already, and there were thousands in each one. So this is a very well organized, very structured situation that they're coming up against. So I say that to say because principalities mm -hmm. and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world are massive in numbers, well organized yes. and structured. Yes. So the spiritual cut. So as we see this naturally, mm -hmm. it reflects what's going on spiritually. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let's go to Ezekiel okay. chapter 25 verse 15. Ezekiel. And this is what God is going to say about Philistines through his prophet Ezekiel. Okay, Ezekiel 5? 25. 25. And what verse? 15. Okay, 5, 15, 25, 15. Thus said the Lord God, because the Philistines have dealt by revenge and have taken vengeance with a despiteful heart to destroy it for the old hatred. That's oh it. my! I so, mean, he really gets. I, I, I like. I, I want to say this. God gets deep down into the motive, the heart, the mentality, the whole thought process. You know, down into the depth of the darkness in their own spirits, in their spirit. And he said, because you went about it to. I just want to read it again, if that's okay. Go ahead. It says, because Philistines have dealt by revenge and have taken vengeance with a despiteful heart to destroy it for old for the hatred. old hatred. Yes. For something that happens way back here. They still got they're still carrying vengeance. Yes. For, okay. For when when Samson destroyed the temple they got. 
Now, in Ezekiel prophecy, mm -hmm. it is when the Babylonians was going to destroy the Temple of Jerusalem. The Philistines was in confederation. Their army also marched with the Babylonians okay. to destroy the Temple. Okay, okay. Or Jerusalem. Oh, okay. And that was in? That was when The Temple, 64? No, this is the Old Oh, when they came and conquered and took away. Yes, this is okay, the Old that was, yes. Okay, so that was when they took away Judah into captivity. Yes. The Philistines came with the Babylonians. Babylonians as a confederate army down to on march them. on Jerusalem to destroy God. And was that Jerusalem. also for the same anger? This is old hate put all the way back. They still, they're from, still coming out with vengeance. Yes. Because you got to remember, uh, I think it was... Who finally subdued the Philistines? Was it King Hezekiah? Um, I'm thinking the 19th chapter of 2 Kings, and that was Hezekiah, a big defeat. That was when 185,000 corpses. That was a serious. Serious. All right, sorry everybody. All right, let's move on. <laughs> so we just wanted to get a foundation of yeah. what was going on in this lesson. Okay. And we also wanted to um, give a background on the Philistines since they are one of the major uh, characters in this lesson. Okay. Okay. So now we can get into the lesson that we set a, such a wonderful foundation. Okay. Jonathan attacks the Philistine outpost. All right. So we're going to chapter 14, 14 verse, one. verse 1. Now it came to pass upon a day, mm -hmm. just upon a day, mm -hmm. that Jonathan, the son of Saul, King Saul, Jonathan is his oldest son, said unto the young man that bared his armor, mm -hmm. Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told him not, but he told not his father. Okay, so he just made a decision to just go and crash this garrison and then tell his father, him, just him and his armor bearer and his thousand that were with him. No, just him and the armor bearer. Just him and the armor bearer, okay. He's doing the same thing that he did in <clears throat> the 13th chapter of Samuel in verse 3. Okay. Where Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Oh, so this Gibeon. is another one. Okay, yes. so this, okay. So this is another one. He's doing the same thing that he did in chapter 13. Okay, he's quite the warrior, isn't he? Yes, he's mm -hmm. he's... He's, he's different from his father in this stage of his life. Yeah, he kind of... full of... He's courageous. He's bold. He's kind of like fearful... A fearless, rather. Yeah. He's not trembling like the rest of his father no, all no. of Israel. And it kind of puts you in the mind of Joshua. You know? Joshua was a conqueror. And this is yeah. what he seems to be doing. Yes. Okay. And he's the younger generation. Yes. Okay. And... Um, so the, so the young man that bared his armor or was armor bearer. The def definition of an armor bearer is one who go into battle with additional weapons. Amen. So, in verse 2, and in verse 2 of the lesson, and Saul tarried in the utmost parts of Gibeon 
under a pomegranate tree, which is in Magron, and the people that were with him were about 600 men. So now Saul starts off in the 13th chapter of Samuel, he got 2,000 men. Now it didn't wither down to only he had just 600 men. We read earlier that a lot of them had was so full of fear that they had slowly drift away. So now here's King Saul with only 600 men instead of 2,000 men. Okay, so he's down to 600 men because yes. they all took off. Yes. Okay. In the second chapter of, uh, in the second verse of the Sunday School lesson. Okay. Now, Dr. Simpson, read this right here. Um, we are, okay, verse number two. Okay, and Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Mibron, and the people that were with him were about 600 men. Mibron means this. King Saul is hiding in a place that's very steep. Steep. That's okay. what Migron means. Steep. Okay. Because remember, he's full of fear now. And the people that they are trembling. Yeah. And he's lost all of his army. <laughs> he's lost such a Yeah, it's not funny. Well, he's lost like uh, two-thirds of He's lost three-quarters of his army. Yes. So, yeah. And then the men that are with him are trembling mm-hmm. and very fearful. And uh, including him. So now you, I see the contrast here. Uh, you know, this is the father and son team. You got the, the son who is very courageous and aggressive. And he's a warrior. He's a conqueror. And then you got the father. He's sounding, he sounding, you know, alarm like, come help us. Or we're, we're at war. Make it, you know, make it known that we're... And um, he's trembling. His, he, and his people are trembling. And he's hiding. Well, I see the contrast. Well, to 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 kind of be a spokesman for King Saul, he's the first king, and he really don't get a chance to assemble an army yet, a functioning army. Mm-hmm. So he only really have three thousand men, and then he has two thousand. Jonathan has a thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we know there was more men in all of Israel than that. Right. So this could be the the beginning of him forming an army. Yeah. So this is his leadership. So the beginning know, of his leadership. His leadership. So it kind of wasn't developed yet. Yes. And the Philistines they they've been fighting for a long time. Okay. When when uh, when Joshua was leading the people in the land of Canaan, God told him. To go past the Philistine, don't engage them into war. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna find that. Okay. Just to let you know that the Philistines was already well, you know, established in warfare. Okay. I, I, you know, like I see, I think Jonathan, Jonathan knew all this, but you know. There's no fretful in this. It's, it's like he was his. So go to Josh. Go to Joshua chapter thirteen, verse one. And Joshua three. thirteen and what? Verse one. Okay. 
Well, we're we going to see this lesson. We're going to point that out. Okay. Okay, so 13. And let's back up one more page. Get verse number one, which says, Now Joshua was old, stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old, and stricken in years. And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. That's verse one. Exodus, okay, okay. Exodus 13. Well, I'm glad we read that because I've never thought of John, uh, Joshua as in his elderly state. I'm sorry, it's Exodus 13 and 17. 13 and 17. All right, so 13 and verse 17. And this is this God says, telling Moses to. Okay. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his home. Are you reading it? Exodus, you wanted verse number 15? No, 17. 17, oh, that was chapter 14, sorry. Oh, this, is a, this is a really good story, a really good day. Okay, so 13 and 17. <clears throat> and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that the Lord led not through that the Lord led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines although that was near for God said lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return in Egypt so as you can see the Philistines was already a warlike people even before the children of Israel first coming up out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. He didn't even lead them, like I said, even though it was closer to get to the promised land. Go another way. Let's go another way. I mean, even though God could have blessed them, he just didn't even take them that direction. Well, they haven't they haven't had a covenant with God yet. And they haven't family. had certain experiences, so he didn't even, they weren't ready for that. Sometimes God doesn't let you go a certain way because you're not ready for it. Well, God wasn't ready for it because when you see this, when you when you when you see this lesson, um, whenever they would go out to war, mm -hmm. they have had to offer a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he they weren't ready because he hadn't prepared them for in all those stages yet. Yes, they okay. have not even been to Mount Sinai to, to make so he can make a covenant right. and be a covenant right. people right. and be a God to them. And they would be a people. Yes, yes. Them. He was building them up to yes, that. He was so they weren't them. there yet. Take, well, they were on their way to go to Mount Sinai. Yeah. When he would make this covenant with them. They weren't there yet. Yes. Okay. So we're, uh, okay. So that was. So now we're in verse 13 of the lesson. Thir I'm, verse, verse 3. I'm messing verse up. Verse 3. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? It's been a rough week for me at work. I'm still. You are a conqueror. You have been yeah. victorious. By the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. By the grace of God. So read verse 3 of the lesson. And Ahiah, the son of Ahitah, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod, and the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. Yes. 
So what is the ephod? This is very important. Mm -hmm. The ephod is a vest. Right. It was made for the high priest. Right. And a lot of times when they would inquire of God for an answer, Mm -hmm. the one who had the ephod. Mm -hmm. But listen, this priest got no revelation about Jonathan. Okay, so the ephod, is, is it the vest with the cinnamon and the urine on it? Or this is just a vesture that they wore and they had that? Yes, it says this. I looked it up. It said ephod. It was made for the high priest. Mm-hmm. It was made uh, of gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen. Sounds beautiful. With cunning work. Yeah. And that's what the high priest would wear. A lot wear. of craftsmanship and embroidery. Yes. And, into it. and it was good that the high priest was with King Saul. Mm-hmm. But because King Saul was already rejected, he wasn't getting no revelation from God. God wasn't talking. He was not talking to King Saul. I don't have anything to say. Because Samuel had already pronounced judgment on King Saul in 1313. Okay. Should we read it? Okay. (laughs) This is not flowing. Okay. But it's going to be good because Jonathan is going to ask for a sign Mm -hmm. once he gets into a particular situation. Okay. And God is going to answer him. Okay. So read uh, verse 4 of the lesson. Verse 4, and between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over into the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other was Sana. And you see that? Jonathan picked a certain passage to go and to spy out this garrison. Mm -hmm. Now remember, in last chapter... He had great success against the garrison. Okay. So Jonathan is bold. Yeah, and he's well, brave. Yeah, I'm seeing this. And he's courageous. He's like the Joshua of their day. Yes. Mm-hmm. But this time, he's going to take an armor bearer with him. Right. He's not going to attack him with his full garrison that he had, those thousand men that he had in the last chapter. That garrison. But to get there, mm-hmm. he's going to take a, a, a passage which is very challenging because Bozar Bozaz Bozaz So do they have to climb it? Oh yes, they have to climb it. Okay, so then this is kind of like what they call fjords or uh, there's another word for that passage when it's not water involved. But it's kind of if, if you can, just to give a visual if you have a real steep mountain and you just cut a passageway from the top of that high mountain mm-hmm. down to the ground. But that gap in between is very narrow. Yeah. That is the kind of a passage that Jonathan chose to go through. And these passages have names. Mm-hmm. And the one word that you pronounce, Moses. it means shiny. Okay. And then the other one. And the other one, Sana. Sana means a sharp rock and thorny 
squishes. So the one sounds like it could have been slippery, you yes. know, because it was shiny. And the other was, other one was not just rugged, but it was dangerous because it had thorns, thorns and yes. sharp edges. And it was sharp. Both of them were sharp. So you had the chance to slip and hurt yourself yes. or shred yourself yes. in this very steep place. So it was not an easy place to impenetrate. Yes. So but, that's what but that's what Jonathan chose. chose. He, 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 between these passages, he sought to go over unto the Philistine. And at this time, his father was hiding in this steep place. Yes, his father and his army is hiding, and they're in fear. They are trembling. They're trembling. But let's look at this. Look at this armor bearer. Yes. So, verse five of the lesson. The forefront of <clears throat> the forefront of the one was situated northward over against Mishmash. So that's the direction it was facing. And the other one, southward, over against Gibeah. So they, the way they faced each other, and one was sharp and one was rugged, and they had to climb this challenging yes. uh, gauntlet to of get a to this passage yes. to get to this. How determined was he? Yes. How did you, But you know what? They probably, that was probably a good strategy because they probably would not think that they would come in that way because that's not an easy way to get there. Yes. So it's probably a little bit of strategy there. So, yeah, let's read a little bit further. So verse 6 of the lesson. And Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Yes. Wow. So Jonathan is Jonathan number one. Let's go. Okay, and his armor bearer doesn't put up any resistance. He doesn't protest or anything. And this is what I like about this. Everybody was trembling and full of fear. Mm-hmm. But not these two. But this armor bearer who has not don't have a name. Mm-hmm. He's a no name. Because assistant. it's the character that he wants us to hold. Yes, to. he wants us. Even though if you give him a name, you can look up his name and see what. It probably will say something toward yes. his character. But like you said, it's illustrating his character. Yes, mm-hmm. he is demonstrating. And I wrote this down. Okay. The spirit of the armor bearer. I'll never leave you or never forsake you. And because he's going, at, look at all the challenges that they have to go through. He didn't say, oh, come on, man. This is not real. Look at this. This is going, we can't make this. This is hard. He just proceeds to follow Jonathan. Okay, so let's read verse 7 of this okay. lesson. And we're going to see what, how the armor bearer would answer him. Okay, so verse 7 says, And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Now listen. I am your ride or die. Listen. Mm-hmm. The armor bearer is looking at this. He's seeing it. He's no. He's, these two mountains. He's fully aware. That's very sharp. Mm-hmm. One, One is, is sharp. shiny, mm-hmm. which means it's slippery. You know, slippery. And the other one is full of thorns, the thorny bush. It's going to have to take some skill and to get And it's a sharp here. rock. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at this situation. And then when you get to the top of it, there's the enemy. There's another garrison. Garrison means a military Then outpost. they're walking into a military situation. So, but look at him. Go ahead. 
do whatever is in your heart. That's the confidence that he had in his leader. Thank God he had a good leader. Because if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. Well, but this is a good leader. Well, let's see what... Go to Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 31. <laughs> 31. Verse 6. Let's see what is written in the laws of Moses concerning about the faithfulness of God. It says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He took that to heart. That was verse number 6 of chapter number 31. And verse 7 says, And Moses called to Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and be of good courage. Mm-hmm. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn to thy father to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Okay. And then I like another one for us New Testament saints. In the New Testament, go to Hebrews chapter 13 and 5. This is what I call the spirit of the armor bearer. Okay. Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you always. 13 and 5? Until the end of time. 13 and 5. There's Hebrews. Got it. 13 and 5. Let your conversation be without contrary be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have for ye have said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Verse 7. Verse 6. Verse 6. So that ye may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man can do unto me. You can boldly say it. Well he means these things but you know do we do it all the time? Sometimes we get rattled. By what we see. We get so we tremble, off. we tremble and get fearful we like do. King Saul and, we and, do. and his army and flee and hide. That's right. Everybody's not there. And, and come on, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, it's a place that we have to we have to get to. But everybody that's, you know, making these declarations and chest stuck out, it's not really there. Because when trouble comes, what happens? They run and hide. Oh, they do exactly fear. what his people did. They well, hide. They followed their leader. Their leader was trembling and he was trembling. And you know what? If you if you look at your leader it, it, and they don't show a sense of courage or a sense of confidence or a sense that God is with us, well then, where what are we doing? We're walking to our death. We're about to be destroyed. So, you know, that's a part of encouraging people. That's why I love this, this armor bearer mm-hmm. that was with Joshua. He saw what was on Joshua and he was committed. Not Joshua, but of course Jonathan. Jonathan. So he saw what was on Jonathan and of course it encouraged what was in him. His heart. Yes, he said, yeah, whatever I'm with it, you. What's ever in your heart. Whatever's in your heart. What, I am whatever with you, you want to do, he said, do all that's in thy heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according mm-hmm. to thy heart. Mm-hmm. I'm right behind you. Not a problem. No questions here. You won't get a challenge out of me. Okay, so now what verse are we at? Verse 8. So verse 8 says, Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. So in other words, we're going to just, they won't see us. Yes, once we climb up this mountain, Mm -hmm. this called Bozer, 
close in. And once we climb up there, once we get through this gauntlet yes. of, a, of a challenge, once we get up there, then we're going to discover ourselves to them. Yes. Present Here ourselves. we are. Yep. Okay. Open challenge. That's kind of like, you know. It was an open challenge. Yeah. And just the two of them at that. Yes. So verse 9 says this. It says, uh, uh, I wrote, a, I wrote a, a thing. Jonathan, wait for a sign of God's approval. So mm-hmm. this is what he says, verse 9. He tells his, his armor bearer this. He said, if they say, hold on, if they say unto us, tarry until we come to you, mm-hmm. then we will stand yeah. still in our place mm-hmm. and we will not go up unto them. That's the sign. So you got to listen one, to the wording. So if you hear that, you know that that's a sign not to move forward. Yes. Right. And then he said in verse 10, but, but if they say thus, come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hands, and this shall be a sign unto us. So, if you hear out of their mouths, come on, bring it, yes. then you know God is with us. That is, and he had to listen carefully. You got to listen, and you got to be obedient. And you got to follow the course. <laughs> you got to stay the course. Because those were very poignant clues whether they should move or not. Because either way, God was either with them or not. But he did just what Jonathan said, and they opened their mouths. And let's read where they. But this is what I like also of Dr. Simpson. Mm-hmm. God works when you are courageous. Mm-hmm. Jonathan and his armor bearer. Was courageous. Well, they and it wasn't fearful. just it wasn't just that they were just bold, big, bad men. They just believed God. And and it, it was a cause. The enemy was there, mm-hmm. and the enemy had to be addressed. They had to be, uh, you know, you had to go out and meet the enemy. You had to confront them. This yes, confrontation. Those enemies wasn't going there. They came to look at that big army that the Philistines brought. They came to conquer. So his father still on Father's Day. Teaching this lesson, his father still trembling somewhere. But he was this courageous young man. He said, When we get up there, we're going to discover ourselves. Hey, here we are. Confrontation. All right, verse. So, verse 11. Mm -hmm. And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Now, this is where you have to pay attention. Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid. No, See, those are the wrong ones. They're thinking about but, scary uh, uh, Saul and these people. But this is not Saul. This is the bold, courageous son of Saul, yes. Jonathan, and his one armor bearer. So obviously the Philistines had already known that Israel army was scared, scared. running scared, they hide, hiding, fled, they went across Jordan to, to, to Gad and Gilead. They didn't have no fight in them. Oh, look at this. They're mocking them. Oh, look, they didn't came out of their holes uh, where they had been hiding themselves. And then the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and, and his armor bearer and said, this is what they wanted to hear. Come up to us and we will show you a thing. In other words, we're going to teach you a lesson in combat. We're going to show you something. Show you how to fight. Uh So it's like they was inviting them to come on and fight. Uh uh Come on over here. But Jonathan had already 
if, if you got that word. Mm -hmm. And so here's something to take from that. If you get an indication that it's supposed to be intimidating, mm -hmm. it may be the very factor that you should know God. It may God is the one that's going to make you victorious mm -hmm. because this was a, a, an intimate. These were words of intimidation to strike fear in their heart and to threaten. Uh, you done came up here. Come on over here. We're going to show you something. But they could have ran and say, "Oh my gosh, you're right. Look at us. We're outnumbered." But they had already had the word of God. Said, if they say something like that. No, I'm with you. That's right. So when the threats come out and when it looks like the odds are against you, that may be the very indication that you're about to get some victory. Yes. You're about to get some deliverance. You're about to see something. So let's see. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and said to the armor bearer, and, and his armor bearer and said, come up to us. Step to us. And we will show you a thing. And now the new translation said, we will teach you a lesson. And we're going to teach you a lesson, buddies. And Jonathan said unto the armor bearer, come up after me for the Lord. And when Jonathan turned around and said, come on, man, the Lord done delivered them. This Jonathan is something. And then he said the Lord delivered them into the hands of Israel. Mm-hmm. Because he was representing, he wasn't taking the glory for himself. He was representing the Lord and, and the armies of Israel. Well, it was just anointing because when you read, if you read the rest of this chapter, mm -hmm. you will find out that all of Israel started joining into the fight. They came out of their holes, the caves, they was hiding in the pits. Chickens. And they came out and they joined the fight. Wherever oh, the yeah, fight after was. it's all, after it's going Somebody down. Somebody had to initiate it. <laughs> but Somebody after it's going down, it's like, oh, hey, look, they're not doing bad. Matter of fact, they're winning. Come on, y'all, let me get a piece of this action. Yeah. yeah, you little chickens, all you little, you know, fearful people. And so then they all come out, and Jonathan climbed up upon by his hands and upon by his upon his feet, and and his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. Talking about the Philistines, mm -hmm. and his armor bearer slew them. So let's go. Let's read in the lesson. Okay. We're going to read just one verse. In okay. Verse 14. 14. Oh, of, of, you mean outside of the lesson? Yes. Okay, so I don't have a lesson. But it's 1 Samuel chapter 14. Okay, I'll turn away from there. 1 Samuel 14. Right here. And verse number 14. One page. Okay. And it says, And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within as it were and half an acre of land which it which a yoke of oxen might plow. So they whooped them over a whole half an acre of property, just 20 men? Yes. That, that, garrison, that garrison just was a small outpost. Yeah. And their job was to protect the perimeter of the whole army. Okay. So, so it was about it was about that garrison just only had twenty men there. Mm-hmm. That was on guard duty. Yeah. 
Okay. So it was only about a half acre of land, but yeah. they like, but they slew them all over that, that whole acre. Yeah, there were bodies yeah. everywhere. It was only twenty. Twenty men. And then verse fifteen goes on to read. And there were and there was trembling in the host in the field and among all the people, the garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled, and the earth quaked, so it was very great trembling. And then verse 16, and the watchmen of Saul and Gibeon of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went on beating down one another. So now the, the Philistine army, they're fighting among themselves. It's something when God gets in it. It's something when God gets in That sign that Solomon, that Jonathan asked for, and he even Jonathan said, the Lord's going to deliver them into the hands of mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. And then they just climbed up and showed themselves, and they saw them come on up. They fin- they had to finish climbing up. Yeah, and also when you read the rest of this chapter, you will find out that even the Israel, even the Hebrews mm-hmm. who joined the Philistines army, right. they even got into the battle and started fighting against the mm-hmm. Philistines. Well, victory is mine. That's what Jonathan can say. Well, that is an awesome lesson. Jonathan attacks the Philistine outpost. And Saul was the king, but his son went out and did a great thing while his father was trembling. So it was a leadership situation. Well, sometimes, you know, the, the odds are stacked. It, it seems like against you. But Jonathan didn't see it that way. No, you got you got on, on King Saul's behalf, he did not have a mentor. He didn't well, He know, was the can, first king and yes, he had he had Samuel the prophet. But priest, if he had a stuck with him, Samuel was mortar enough. I know. If he had a stuck with him and listened to him and obeyed him and let him mentor him, but he didn't. And so it cost him his kingdom, his life. Cost him his reputation, everything. He lost everything. So, at the very bottom line, um, we gotta believe God. We gotta believe God. That's what made Jonathan so great. He said, Jonathan, believe God. But I love his armor bearer. I love his armor bearer too. He was not. Um, I like the spirit. Of he, the was weak. he was not weak. He was not. He was not the type of a person that could be intimidated. He was right in the he battle. He was just like he was just like Jonathan. Right in the battle, right, just right, like him. right by his fight and right by his side. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, that's our lesson. So unto him that is able to do what? To now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to prevent you faultless and before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be majesty, dominion, and power both hence now and forever. Wouldn't that be a In wonderful Jesus thing mm-hmm. when God presents you to the Father, to his heavenly Father? When Jesus presents us to the Father. You're okay. When Jesus presents us to his heavenly Father with great joy, mm-hmm. I think Jesus... That's gonna, according to what the Bible says. Yes. I can't argue with him. He, he probably was boasting about you all the time and say, I told you about this one. Well, now I'm presenting to my mm-hmm. Father mm-hmm. with great joy. Mm-hmm. With exceeding joy. 
our Savior, be majesty, dominion, and power, both hence now and forever. Amen. All right. God bless you, everybody. Join us next week. We'll be in lesson number four. And in the meantime, have a wonderful Father's Day and a beautiful week in the Lord. Amen. Thank you.